It's time for Carolina Blitz, the freshest coverage of Carolina sports and entertainment. Hosted by founder and editor-in-chief, Bash Ty Hurt. She don't play games. She covers them. Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730 The Game. My name is Bash Ty Hurt. I am your hostess and founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz, a website, a brand dedicated to finding fresh and compelling news stories in and outside of traditional sports reporting and sharing them in a way that is entertaining and fun with you guys, the listeners, and the fans. We are a credentialed media outlet. We cover the Carolina Panthers, Duke Blue Devils, UNC Tar Heels, NC State Wolfpack, and more. So make sure you're going to carolinablitz.com daily to check out our new content. We're happy to bring our brand from our website here to radio on 730 The Game. Uh, so if you follow us, you know that at carolinablitz.com uh, and on our Twitter at Carolina Blitz, we appreciate the fans of the teams that we cover and the passion that they have. So each week, we're going to highlight you. We're going to do something different, highlight the fans of the teams we cover and have you on as a special co-host. So if you're interested, our DMs are open. This week, we have Terrence Hatchett. Terrence, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but here on Carolina Blitz, we're starting to host podcasts. And so uh, our first podcast is called the Two Shades of Blue podcast. Terrence Hatchett is one of its co-hosts, along with Royal Howell. You may know Royal because he contributes great articles to CarolinaBlitz.com. So make sure you're going there and checking it out. Terrence, thanks so much for being here. Tell us a bit about yourself, the teams that you're a fan of. and uh, the Two Shades of Blue podcast. All right. Well, I'm a lifelong Carolina Panthers fan, Charlotte Hornets fan, UNC Tar Heels. Um, two Shades of Blues is basically two different perspectives of Royal being a diehard Duke fan, me being a Carolina fan. We just bring like two different mindsets, two different perspectives to the sports topics uh, across the Carolinas and the nation. So check us out uh, every week. Two Shades of Blue. Yeah, it's 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 good. And and if you guys listen, we're gonna talk a little bit about what was said in the first uh show, but check it out. Very entertaining. I can't wait to hear you guys talk during Duke versus Carolina week, which is in February. So make sure you're keeping it locked and checking out Two Shades of Blue podcast each week on CarolinaBlitz.com. So now if you're just tuned in, you're listening to Carolina Blitz Radio on ESPN 730, the game, talking with Terrence. We're going to jump into our topics. The Panthers have hired a general manager. So after viewing roughly 15 candidates, they finally have their man Thursday evening. The team announced they'd reached an agreement with Scott Fitterer uh, to be the new general manager. Full details have not been released. They usually don't release like pay how much they're paying general managers, but his deal is five years. Uh, David Tepper said we went through a thorough process and it was a great final four. We thought Scott was the best fit for the organization. Uh, Fitterer was with the Seahawks since 2001 uh, and he operated as co-assistant GM uh, under John Schneider. I think he was really did that just one year. So Terrence, what are your thoughts on the hire? What were your thoughts when you first heard about it? Um, when I first heard about it, I didn't know much about Scott Fitterer, but after doing research and hearing what uh, Tepper said, he's obviously an analytics guy. You know, Tepper is wanting to move towards analytics. Um, you know, the Seahawks organization has been consistent for a long time. Um, they've been a perennial playoff team since 
2012. Um, hopefully he brings some of that to uh, the Panthers. Um, obviously we have some decisions that need to be made in the offseason with Taylor Moten, Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Um, what direction we're going with the quarterback situation and the draft coming up. So it'll be interesting as, as we learn more about Scott Fitterer to see where his mind's at, um, kind of see uh, what direction he wants the team to go in and uh, see if he can bring some of that winning uh, success that he had in Seattle to uh, Charlotte. Yeah, I I don't know much about him. You know, he hasn't been a GM before. Seattle has kind of they've they've drafted. I guess I don't know. They've drafted okay. They've been known for turning kind of gems out of late round picks, uh, and they haven't really had to go the quarterback route in a long time because they've had Russell Wilson there. Uh, so I, I'm going to resolve judgment on that just because there really isn't enough. You know, and, and if we're in in sports terms, there's not enough tape on them to really say whether it was a good hire or not. And I guess that's a good thing because people really can't be too critical of them. It's kind of a wait and see thing. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely a wait and see thing. Um, as we learn more about him, I guess we'll kind of try to piece together where uh, his mind's at with the team, the direction of the franchise, and what's going to be done with the quarterback situation. I know that's the main topic on Panthers Twitter, what we're going to do with the quarterback situation and the draft. And then, of course, Taylor Moten's a free agent. Curtis Samuel's a free agent. Um, those are hot topics on Panthers Twitter as well. So, like you said, it'll be a wait-and-see thing. And um, hopefully we'll analyze, and after the draft, we'll see where uh, the team is and how the first draft goes and the first offseason goes. I guess we'll take uh, take it from there. Yeah, I saw, a, I saw a picture with Curtis next to Urban since you know he's going to Jacksonville and saying Curtis Samuels is about gone. He's going to go with his former college coach. You never know what's going to happen, but you a big offseason for the Panthers. I, you know, as a GM, do you really want to step into like this role right now, rebuilding? And the big topic is the number one thing is what the Panthers should do in the NFL draft right now. They have the eighth pick would you like to see scott trade up and go balls to the wall for a quarterback or would you not mind him kind of uh acquiring maybe a free agent or more picks and, and giving away that eighth pick in the draft i guess it depends on if you're sold um with the quarterbacks after of course you know trevor lawrence is the unanimous number one choice um zach wilson uh justin fields trey lance um I guess it depends on how those guys perform at the combine and, you know, the interview process and be really sold on them being the guy moving forward. If not, I could definitely see them possibly trading down, um, acquiring more assets, building up the offensive line. That's an area of concern as well. Um, DB, middle linebackers. I, it just depends on really if you're sold of Justin Fields as the guy. He performed very well versus Clemson. Um, started with Alabama, but you can't really pin that all on him. I mean, Alabama just mashed Ohio State in the trenches. They're just they're just better than Ohio State. And Fields, you know, he got injured um, with that yeah. misses in the semifinal. So you kind of hard to really judge Fields off that performance with Alabama earlier this week. But um, I guess we'll just wait and see. I'm asking you though, how do you are you sold on Justin Fields? Are you sold? Is there any quarterback in this draft that could go earlier that you say, okay, Panthers, we need to we need to go. We, I mean. Or are you sold on Teddy Bridgewater? I'm assuming I don't. I don't know. Maybe you like Teddy. Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, I I am a believer in Fields. I believe in his talent. Um, he showed a couple times versus Alabama his ability to you know run and scramble and escape pressure. Probably see more of that in the NFL. Um, you know once he gets healthy, 
he definitely has the arm strength. Um, he can make all the throws. He made some impressive throws against Alabama, um, just didn't make enough consistently. They couldn't get enough guys um, open. Uh, Patrick Sertan, another prospect the Panthers uh, could look at, number eight. Yeah. Um, pretty much locked the whole one, that whole side of the field down. Um, but I am a believer in fields. Uh, I know some people might be iffy, but uh, I believe in his talent. I think um, if we do trade with three, I think he, he'll be the guy. You don't mind giving up assets? You don't mind giving up maybe a, a Christian McCaffrey to go for all in for Justin Fields? I wouldn't mind, um, you know, running backs, we know that their shelf yeah. life is limited. Um, McCaffrey's had a lot of carries in his career so far and some injury bugs this past season. It's kind of like going forward, is this going to be a consistent thing? Is he going to be a guy that maybe plays like 12 games a year but gets nicked up? Um, he's not the biggest guy, and he has taken a, a lot of hits over the years already. So if you're really sold on uh, Justin Fields as your franchise quarterback for the next 10, 12, 15 years, I would go for it. Yeah, I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? I mean, you're already losing. And and not that they're not that they're bad, but you're showing a lot of promise on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, offense leaves a little to be desired. Running back is a position where, you know, there's a reason why they say you don't draft running backs early and you don't pay running backs a lot of money because there was always some guy who was drafted in the late rounds or maybe not even drafted at all who becomes a gem for their team. So you can find gems uh, when it, in that running back position, maybe not so much with quarterback. So, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Panthers be very aggressive in this in this draft and, and go and try to get a franchise quarterback if they feel like one of these guys can be that. Uh, but we'll we'll see. I don't I don't know much about Fitterer. We haven't even had a press conference with him yet. I was I was I was thinking that we would have one on Friday, but but not yet. Maybe we'll have one today, but you know, so we'll we'll get to learn Tomorrow. more about him during during the process. If you're just now tuned in, you're listening to Carolina Blitz Radio on ESPN 7:30 the game, talking with Terrence from the Two Shades of Blue podcast that you can check out on CarolinaBlitz.com. Now, speaking of the Two Shades of Blue podcast, you said, and I really got a good chuckle out of this. You said the only thing on your timeline hotter than LaMelo Ball is the Busset Challenge. And if you don't know what the Busset Challenge is, you need to get cultured. It's not our job to tell you what the Busset Challenge is. If you don't know, just look it up. You'll be thoroughly entertained. I, I when it first came out, I, I was I probably looked at all of them. I I, I love it. Um, but what to you makes Lamelo Ball so appealing? Uh, just the flair that he plays with. Um, his passing ability. Um, coming into the league, that was his strength. His passing ability. Um, he's not afraid to take shots. He takes deep threes, kind of like Steph Curry. He can pull from about anywhere on the court. Uh, I remember when he was in high school, it was a clip of him where he just pointed at walking past that court, he just pointed at the ground, like, I'm going to pull from here, and then pulled it and knocked it down. He just has that flair and swagger about himself that appeals to a lot of people, especially the younger generation. He's had a yeah. huge following um, since he was in high school. He brings that social media presence to the team. Um, you know, we get more national attention now. I think we've ever had since the team's been back in Charlotte, just with his um, presence on the team. And he has the game to back it up. I mean, he's first in rookies um, in points, rebounds, assists, and um, total points added, which is an analytic stat that shows you know how effective you are on the court, helping the team uh, improve um, when you're on the floor. He's first in that in rookies as well. So I mean, he's 
probably going to win rookie of the year. Um, he averages right now about 12, 7, and 6 in about 26 minutes a game. Eventually, even Borrego acknowledged that he will start eventually. It'll be interesting to see what his numbers are when he eventually starts, uh, takes his role in the starting lineup. So he just has that swagger about himself, kind of like Cam Newton. And uh, like I said last week on the podcast, the city needs a new king. And um, I think LaMelo is the guy. I, I like that. I like that. Um, LaMelo Ball plays, and I don't know, guys, Thursday night, he hit this. He was driving to the bat. It's crazy because it was a double homicide, in my opinion. They were Boucher or Boucher, Boucher. I think Boucher. Boucher was guarding him. LaMelo goes to the cup, fakes, gives a, a, gives a no look, drops a no look pass to Miles Bridges, who was streaking to the basket on the baseline. Incredible dunk. Like, that's the kind of stuff. And this is no knock on Kimba, who arguably is the best franchise, best player in franchise history. He just didn't have that flash about him. He didn't have that flair about him. LaMelo has that flair about him. And I think that everybody else on the team compliments that flair. Like, these guys, the Hornets, they are pretty swaggy squad. Um, and you said they're getting national attention. I really think that they could get even more national attention. I think that they could be even hotter if people knew how kind of cool they are as a squad. They're a young squad. They're 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 social media savvy. I, I just I just yeah. think that the Hornets could do a better job of marketing this this team because I see it. You see it. A lot of people see it, but I don't think from a broader perspective, enough people see how talented and how exciting this team could really be. Yes, they definitely play an exciting brand of basketball. They're up and down. Um, they shoot threes. They run. Um, you know, we have the best jerseys in the NBA. That counts. That definitely yeah, counts. Yeah, it does count. <laughs> I mean, jersey culture is a thing, kind of like sneaker culture. You got to have the jersey yeah. to match with it. Um, Everybody has the purple and teal. You know, I have the classic starter jacket from the 90s. Um, and we get me. that. I mean, yeah, I'm going to part one day. I gotta get that, <laughs> yeah, I that, that, that classic that classic starter. I mean, I saw somebody with it on. I actually have some Jordans that will go perfectly with it. I might have to get one for myself. Um, but speaking of Charlotte, do you think that in Charlotte, a guy like LaMelo Ball can reach his full star potential? I believe he can with social media now the way it is. I don't you don't have to necessarily be in a big market um to you know have fans and have a following. Um he's already had that following when he was overseas in um Australia and Lithuania. Um so he definitely brings the international presence as well because he has a following overseas as well. Um yeah. I think it just depends on if the team can add pieces with them. I think the biggest need that the Horns have right now is interior presence. Um last night against the Raptors. It was a key possession where we just could not get a rebound. I mean, they Toronto got like three or four offensive rebounds in a row that pretty much sealed the game. Um, you know, Zeller out, we're just very thin in the front line. Um, Biombo's he tries, but he's only six eight. Um, <laughs> PJ six ten, but he's not a rim protector. Yeah. Um, you know, they play Miles as a small ball four, but he's only about six seven, six eight. Um, we're just very thin. What about some point. of those rookies? What about a Vernon Carey or uh, and I know Vernon is not a tall guy, but he plays bigger than what he is or or Richards. I you know I've seen a lot of people ask where, you know, where they're at. I don't know if they're ready. I don't know if Brego trust them yet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with the G League 
they're doing their bubble in February. So right now, it, you know, Richards and Carey, they're just kind of there, you know, practicing. But I would like to see a little bit more of them, especially against these yeah. teams that have more. Like Toronto, even though they lost uh, Ibaka and uh, Gasol, they still have guys like Boucher and Valanciunas that are just big guys. And, you know, rebounding is important and paint presence is important. You know, much as guys talk about threes, 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 you still have to have an interior presence in the paint. I mean, mm-hmm. the Lakers proved that last year. Having a guy like AD and then uh, Dwight and JaVale last year and then they add Gasol this year, the Lakers are huge. And um, you got to be able to rebound, you know, when the shots aren't falling, rebounding can help, you know, keep possessions alive and get those second chance points. So moving forward, I could see the Hornets possibly making a move to try to get someone that could fill in that void in the paint or, you know, eventually give Richards and carry some minutes and see what they have. Yeah, you make a good point when I asked about if um, if LaMelo can reach his pool, full potential here in Charlotte. Social media has changed the game. So you don't necessarily have to be in New York now to get tip-top media coverage. Now, if you play for the Knicks, there's automatically going to be a certain amount of cachet that comes with it because you're in New York City. But I can be—I mean, I could be just as just as notable um, and and play in Charlotte because of social media. And then also, the goat is still here. Like the goat still owns the team. If they play that up, like that could be a huge selling point for guys, just not just not here locally, but nationally and internationally. So, you know, some people say, oh, LaMelo, he won't stay in Charlotte because it's a small market. But if the Hornets play this right, LaMelo won't want to go anywhere. He'll want to stay in Charlotte because his star is shining so bright here that it doesn't matter if he's in Charlotte. He's still going to get his regardless. Exactly. You know, having Michael here is huge because if anybody knows about branding, it's Michael. I mean, the last dance had higher TV ratings than the NBA finals. I mean, that just goes to show you Michael Jordan's presence and still. his ability to market. I mean, he's been retired for almost 20 years and he's still the top selling sneaker guy. Um, you know, the, the last dance was huge success. Um, you know, he's had other ventures as well. So if anybody can help a mellow of his branding and building a brand, it'll be Michael. That's a good point. If you're just now tuned in, you're listening to Carolina Blitz, the radio show on ESPN 730. We're going to switch gears. If you're uh, listeners, thanks for listening. Um, Make sure you're going to carolinablitz.com to check out all of our content. We're going to switch gears and go on to our Blitz or Block segment. So I'm going to ask Terrence a question. He's going to blitz it, meaning he agrees with it or block it. We'll have a little brief discussion as to why. Uh, Continuing along the lines of LaMelo Ball in Charlotte, uh, we talked about how hot he is. You talked about Charlotte needing a new king. Blitz or block that Ball will be a bigger star in the Queen City than Cam Newton was? Blitz. Mm. Okay. And the only reason I say that, he's 19 years old. Um, NF- NBA contracts are different than uh, NFL contracts and the way they're structured. Um, the Hornets will probably have easily the best bid for his second contract. And, you know, depending if he makes uh, all NBA team or all-star teams, there'd be incentives for the, the contract to keep him here. So I think he'll be here for at least eight to 10 years and possibly longer than Ooh. that. And you'll think his star power will be bigger than Cam Newton's star power was pretty big. Cam Newton kind of changed things for the NFL when it came to Charlotte and the Carolina Panthers. They put, I mean, outside of that, that run with Jake DeLome, he put the Panthers on the map pretty much. But you think LaMelo's LaMelo's 
star will be a little brighter in the Queen City? I believe it will, especially if we can consistently be a playoff team. Um, you know, the Hornets have been trying to build their brand since so they moved back. Uh, there's a lot of ill will towards uh, the NBA when the Hornets left the first time in the early mm -hmm. 2000s. And they've um, been trying to regain that old feeling. And if LaMelo Ball can help regain the old feeling of the team, you know, during the 90s when the Hornets were at their peak in the early 2000s, I think he will be uh, just a little bit bigger than Cam Newton. I won't say he won't be that much bigger than Cam Newton, but just slightly. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm blitzing this only because, I mean, right now his presence is already bigger than Cam Newton's, I think. I mean, if we're just going based off of social media following, I think LaMelo has 6.1 million. I don't know where Cam is at, but he's not at 6.1 million. And so he's young. He already has people like me watching preseason NBA games. I just don't do that. And uh, so people are tuned in to LaMelo Ball. Like they're like inject LaMelo Ball content into my veins. And so I didn't see that with Cam, not his rookie year, not his rookie season. I think that people were excited about him, but I didn't see this much. I didn't see this much stuff surrounding him. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to blitz it right now because it, I just, that's, that's the way that he's trending at this point. Mm -hmm. All right. This week, the Rockets, they made a blockbuster trade, sending James Harden to the Nets. Blitz or block that the trade makes Brooklyn the favorite to win the NBA title. I'm going to block it. I'm going to still go with the Lakers for one reason. Um, like I said, size matters. And I just looked at the Brooklyn Nets roster earlier. Unless they make an addition, they have DeAndre Jordan, who some people think are, is over the hill at 6'11". KD's 6'10", but KD's skinny. He plays more like a guard than a yeah. you know, four. And then their next two guys are – but next two tallest guys are six eight, uh, Jeff Green and Reggie Perry, who I've never heard of until yesterday when the Nets were on uh, TV against the Knicks. So they're very thin <laughs> in the front line. You real, you're real slight with the shade. It's, it's, it's <laughs> just 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 real subtle, just real subtle. <laughs> but um, I just think that Brooklyn going against the Lakers because the Lakers are the obvious favorites to come out of the West. I don't mm -hmm. really see any team stopping them. Uh, the Clippers might give them a good six games maybe, but you know, the Lakers are just better than the Clippers. They're better than Denver. They're better than the other teams uh, out West. The Lakers will be in the finals. And when you go up against a team like that with Anthony Davis, you know, LeBron James, 6'8", 250, and then you got Gasol. Um, you got to have that interior presence to match that. And I just don't see Brooklyn having it right now. Now, if they, you know, depending on what happens with the waiver wire, they can make some additions to the roster. Uh, we can readdress this at another time. But as of today, I'm still going to get the slight edge to the Lakers. Yeah, I'm green. I'm blocking that. And it and and for every reason that you said, but even deeper than that, I think that there're going to be philosophical issues with this team. I mean, you have drama already, and that can get ironed out, but it's kind of I mean, we're in January now. Like you Usually teams, you have all-star break typically in February, and I don't think they're doing that this year. But usually teams start turning it on. Like you talk about, okay, well, we're gelling. And then after all-star break, you hit the ground running. Well, after all-star break is when Brooklyn is really going to try to start gelling. You don't know what's going on with Kyrie. James Harden is severely out of shape, and yes. I can't even believe he's stepping on the court looking like that. 
Katie is really that guy still, but it's just, and then you have, and, and you have, um, uh, gosh, what's the coach's name? I'm drawing a blank. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. He's, he, this is not, this is not, um, we're not talking about a veteran coach who is used to managing players, which is really what you have to do as a as a coach more so than actual X's and O's. You have to manage players. You have to manage personalities. And um, I, I I don't I don't. And we saw Phil do that the best in Chicago and in L.A. Yes. Steve just doesn't have the experience to deal with what he's dealing with right now. And it was a sexy signing. It was like, oh, we're bringing Steve Nash. He's going to be a college. He's going to be the coach with absolutely no coaching background. And now it's a mess. And he probably I know he's there like, I don't know what to do. Like, what am I what am I going to do? Yes. And that's I think that's why uh, they brought and Mike D'Antoni, even though I'm not the biggest Mike D'Antoni fan as a coach, but he does have experience. Um, he has experience with Harden. Um, and he has experience, you know, just as a head coach in the NBA. He's done it for a long time. He coached Steve Nash back in the mid-2000s. And Jock Vaughn is there. He has some interim coaching experience last year as well. Um, he's there as basically like their de facto G coordinator. But you're right. Um, Steve Nash has a lot on his plate already. And then like you said, James Harden is severely out of shape. And how do you incorporate him into an offense with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Two ball-dominant guys. It's going to be great. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. And you have to start asking. Like, I think Harden is a problem. And Harden has been on these different teams, and they've tried to surround Harden with people. I, I think he's the issue. I, I don't know how much – it's a big signing. I just don't think it works well in, in Brooklyn. And I, I don't know – <laughs> some people say Harden's going to take the fat suit off once he gets to New York. Maybe he will, but right now, like I can't even believe he showed up to camp looking like that. So block we're, we're blocking that the Brooklyn are the favorites to win the NBA title. Put some respect on King James's name. All right. Monday, the Panthers were the first team to bring in former Washington quarterback, Dwayne Haskins and what was called a fact finding mission. While no deal has been reached, according to reports, it still remains a possibility down the road. Blitz or block to Carolina signing Haskins? Block. You seem adamant about that one. Yeah, I mean, he, truth be told, and I have a lot of friends up in D.C., a lot of people that were on the staff that drafted him didn't really want him. That was a Dan Snyder pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he had his uh, issues uh, this past year with the team, you know, obviously being the strip club without a mask on. I mean, how can you get caught in a strip club without a mask off and you're a quarterback of um, one of the most prolific teams in NFL history? Like, how can that happen? Then to come out there and stink it up the way he did versus Carolina in a game that they had to win was not good as well. And, um, you know, Taylor Heineke, former Panthers backup quarterback, uh, just looked flat out better than Dwayne did. Even the playoff game against Tampa Bay, he looked much better than Dwayne. It's, I know that's embarrassing for him. I'm going to agree. I'm blocking it. Oh, and, and not because I don't feel like people deserve second chances. I feel like people deserve second chances. Uh, I hope Haskins gets another chance in the league, and I hope he's able to, you know, make better on what, you know, improve his, improve his resume, and improve – 
improve how everyone looks at him. Just not in Carolina. Like Carolina is already a project. You know, you have exactly. Matt Rule. He's in his second second season project. You have Joe Brady may or may not leave project. You have a lot of different coaches who have gone on to hire uh, quarterbacks. Coaches left. A um, couple other coaches have left projects. Then you have new GM project like the Panthers is the Panthers are a project in itself there's no way you need to bring in a quarterback who is probably dealing with self-esteem issues discipline issues you don't need another project absolutely not stay away from the project let Dwayne Haskins let him get a shot but let him get a shot with the team where he's not going to be a project because the Panthers don't need any more projects they're still trying to figure out what they have going on. So I'm, I agree. I'm yeah, going to block that. Go, I think Dwayne just needs to go to a place with a strong culture already established. You know, like you said, the Panthers are a project. We're trying to establish a culture. I think the best thing for Dwayne is to go to a place where a quarterback is already established, a professional uh, veteran quarterback presence, and then, you know, that uh, winning culture is already established. I think that'd be good for him. Like you said, we're just uh, rebuilding everything so far is basically a project here so Dwayne Haskins would just be another project don't listen nobody wants any projects no more group projects for the Panthers all right guys thanks for tuning into our show we'll be here on ESPN 730 every Saturday at 10 30 a.m thanks again to Terrence for coming in and being our guest co-host for the week make sure you check him out on the two shades of blue podcast uh we'll drop them on monday so make sure you're checking those out on mondays on carolinablitz.com make sure you're also going to carolina blitz for all of your sports and entertainment news keep blitzing the preceding commercial program was sponsored and paid for by the hosts of this program charlotte north carolina which is solely responsible for its content